All right, test, baby, test, baby, one, two, three, four. Test, baby, test, baby, one, two, three. All right, welcome back, y'all. I do appreciate uh, anybody who's listened to one of the four previous uh, podcasts. It is uh, 6.07 p.m. on Friday the 13th, and I've been sick as hell all week and not able to talk much because of a sore throat coughing, sneezing, uh, runny nose, the whole thing. I walked into the Ace Hardware store on Monday morning because the kitchen, uh, the walk-in freezer light bulb was out. And I took the light bulb to the Ace Hardware store and walked right into one of their clerks coughing while I was trying to ask him where to find the light bulb. So it was, a, it was an awful uh, way to start Monday, and I felt it. I can't blame that dude because I don't know if it happens this fast, but I felt it come on Monday night and Tuesday and Wednesday were just miserable. Uh, so enough about me being sick. I, I want to get back because uh, I, I want to play a brief part of the chapter three that I thought was, was funny. I mean, it's embarrassing, but I thought I had wrote, writ, I thought I wrote it in a, in a humorous way. But I completely forgot to add it to the previous uh, podcast. So um, I'm going to play that one now and then I'm going to move into chapter 12, um, which was the girl with the hickey on her boob. So I'll be right back. Appreciate it. Another memory that still haunts me happened earlier that night when we first started messing around. It's one of the many random thoughts that'll creep up as an example when I say, I hate this life. As soon as we got back from the airport, we started making out in my kitchen. I wanted to take a shower with her since we'd been on the plane for five or six hours, but it would have killed the mood. We paused from kissing to do a few lines, and she commented it was pretty good stuff. She jumped on my large couch with multiple ottomans, making it one large bed, and motioned for me to join her. She unzipped my jeans once we started kissing again and was blowing me moments later. My dogs were jumping all over the place, cheering me on, and I still use the memory of how good it felt when she first went down on me to start jerking off. I'd been fantasizing about her for months, and I finally had my wish after sending a simple text message. The euphoria was partially interrupted because of my puppies, but also because I needed to pee. I was getting sensitive the more she rubbed her hand over the head of my dick. I stopped fumbling with the condom and grabbed her hair to lift her head and asked her to please let me get up to use the restroom. She did. I grabbed the dogs to bring them in the guest room, and I ran to my bathroom to piss. Out of habit, I wiped my ass, and sure enough, it was full of crap. I couldn't remember when my previous dump was, but I immediately became paranoid, self-conscious, and pissed at myself. Could she smell this shit when she was blowing me? Did I forget to do the one thing I kept reminding myself to do for the last 10 months? I finally got her to spend the weekend, and this is how it starts. I remembered to take the Nizagara. I called Darlene for the Coke, Scotty for the smoke, and Vons for the steaks, but I didn't remember to wipe my ass? I was getting a blowjob from the sexiest girl I've been with in years and fantasizing about since before last Christmas and didn't wipe my ass? Sometimes the coke is cut with baby laxatives, so maybe I sharded myself without realizing it after she blew me, but I doubt it. We didn't meet on the essay app, 
but I did meet her through a girl I met on the app. One night, I met two young ladies by the same name, had great chats, got both her numbers, and set up dinners. I wrote a short story about the other Laura. I'll call her Casino Laura, and this one Short Laura. I wasn't sexually attracted to Short Laura, but we met during the holidays and had dinner several times. Her favorite pho restaurant was on Spring Mountain Road, and we- all right, I feel I'm glad I'm glad that uh, I was able to at least share that part uh, with you guys. It is uh, I don't do it much anymore, but uh, for a long time I used to be like I hate my life, and I would think about I think about that um, along with some other you know things, but that's probably the most vivid one. Uh, okay, so the next one I picked chapter twelve. And I can't remember what I called this girl, but she was a dance. She was a uh, part-time dancer at the Rhino. She was the manager of an HOA in uh, the eastern side of Vegas. But uh, you'll figure out, you'll learn how that job uh, she lost. And, um, yeah. She was neat. Okay, there's a part of Vegas on the far western side of town where I lived. Uh, I lived as almost as close to the mountains that, that was developed at the time in what was called like South Summerlin. She lived, and I'm explaining this because I might have gotten it wrong in the book. She lived on the way opposite north east side of town so if i was in the southwest she was in the northeast which was at least 45 minutes and i had a really fast car at the time um and i and i don't know why i didn't pick up on the fact that she was that far away so and she didn't drive because for whatever variety of reasons i think she had a dui a lot of people in vegas do um and she just took Ubers anywhere at the time. And at the time, Uber was very new to Vegas. Uh, so it, it was a big cab uh, town. That was my little puppy snoring. I don't know if you guys heard that. So anyways, um, I'm going to gonna jump to that and let you guys listen to the first couple of minutes or so of the uh, chapter 12. I called it uh, the Boob Hickey Rhino. Uh, so I hope you enjoy. Peace. Chapter 12. Boob Hickey Rhino. I be in the kitchen cooking pies with my baby, yeah. Fetty Wap. This story is one of the examples when a girl loses her dad at a young age and how her life pivots due to no fault of her own. It wasn't the death of her biological dad that hurt the most. She already buried him years before her stepdad passed. Her stepdad was thrown from a motorcycle on East Tropicana and didn't make it home from the hospital. Her real dad had been stabbed to death after smoking crystal meth in an alley off Fremont Street. After telling me the stories, she sent me the news article links as proof she wasn't bullshitting. That was one thing she hated about men. They were always bullshitting. After her stepdad passed, she quit her dream job as a property manager and spiraled into a deep depression. Vegas has a ton to offer depressed people looking to be more depressed. The weather is always beautiful, which is tormenting. Coping ain't easy in paradise. Cooking was her outlet and favorite pastime. She didn't like sports or movies. She preferred being in the kitchen with her mom, aunts, and homegirls. 
She chose the stage name Veronica because one of those girls told her she'd make more tips with that name, and she's been happy with the choice ever since. She said dancing at the Rhino paid her four times the money as the property manager gig in a third of the hours. Then she joked if she wanted to get high on coke and whiskey every shift, there's no way the HOA board would allow that crap. She was single and felt like she was finally taking control of her life. She could take time off whenever she wanted and didn't need to tolerate idiots because all the security guards watched her back. She'd bring them tamales, blunts, and weed brownies on holidays, and that was years before it was legal, she emphasized. Without the seniority, she wouldn't make enough money working day shifts. She lived on the far eastern edge of the valley near the base of Sunrise Mountain, a couple of blocks east of Hollywood Boulevard. It was a narrow, unfinished road without many lights. This was easily a 45-minute drive from my old house with no traffic. Clear opposite side of town. I was lucky to drive a Cayenne GTS, and it was the closest thing to flying a jet from the edge of the southwest to the cliffs on the southeast. She told me she was a dancer at the Rhino in the first few seconds after we sat down for dinner, even though she already told me over text. She asked if her dancing topless mattered to me, and it didn't. But I think she needed to see and hear me say it in person. I told her my ex-wife was a Vegas showgirl and danced in magic and talent shows on this trip. She asked if she ever did topless, and I said no, and she asked again, reminding me it wasn't the same thing. I said yes, I was cool with it, and happy to finally meet, and she believed me. She hadn't been to one of my favorite old-school Vegas restaurants, Casa di Amore, and she loved it the moment the two-man Sinatra impersonating band started playing. She couldn't believe she lived so close, but didn't know the place existed. I didn't know about it, too, until I started working for the insurance company, and then I got to learn about hundreds of local Vegas businesses. Casa D, as my buddy Mike Ass would call it, is also on East Tropicana down the same street where her dad died. I didn't know this before choosing the spot, otherwise we would have gone somewhere else. I love the Panid Veal and Angel Hair Alfredo. I can envision it sometimes, and I'm immediately at ease knowing I'll be back there for dinner sooner than later. We used to meet there for dinner at the bar, play some video poker, watch a Saints game, and flirt with the bartender. I can't remember her name, so giving her a fake one wastes the option, but I do remember her front teeth were kind of crooked, and one was partially hidden behind the other. Maybe it was a coffee stain, or maybe it was bruised or dead, maybe she got punched. Regardless of the teeth, she was stunning, and when she ordered a Bloody Mary for dinner like she just woke up, I was all in. All right. Um, yeah, the Bloody Mary for dinner, it was, let me know, that was an indication of a, of a real Vegas, born and raised local, work all night, sleep all day, you know, you know wake up at six o'clock in the evening and uh, get ready to go to work for the 10, 11 o'clock at night. Um, I, I still can't actually remember this young lady's real name. I'm not obviously going to say it, but the whole time I was just re-listening to that part, I was like, man, you know, I don't know if I'm going to play it. I'll probably skip it. But I like, I had dinner with this girl on my birthday one year. Uh, Cause I had, I, I had, you know, kind of hung out. I knew her for a couple of years uh, before the ending of this. I'm going to play that. I'm going to play how it ends. And I know it may spoil it, and I, I hope that's not a big deal. But 
and I don't know if you guys can hear, but like I said, I'm in the French Quarter, and they, the cars and the music are kind of loud uh, down, downstairs, and I, I think it might add a little bit to the ambiance of the show. I don't know. And I hope I'm, I'm not being too, uh, my voice is booming too much because I can, I can see how it fluctuates on this audacity thing. But, uh, I'm, I'm barely an amateur at this, so hopefully, I, hopefully in the, as we get maybe to the tenth episode, uh, I'll have things down pat. But yeah, let me get back to. Uh, I'm gonna cut the, that the, to, towards the end and play the last couple of minutes of it. Uh, uh, she was cool. I mean, she, uh, you know, she was. She wanted to play paintball. Oh, there's my dog bark. She wanted to do paintball, uh, even when it was freezing cold outside. She was, she had no fear, and uh, and I do. I, I kind of, I, this is the one that I miss, and I miss the way it happened. But I did get a pretty picture from her. So, uh, all right, peace. Weeks later, I picked her up, and we did the same thing. Went to the grocery, but she wore warmer clothes. We got all the jambalaya ingredients, ice cream and a 12-pack of random ciders. We went back to my house, ignored all the food, and immediately started making out in my kitchen. We took off each other's shirts before moving to the couch to take off the rest. It was a rush. We both wanted each other and hadn't made any sexual contact until then, so kissing and undressing was passionate and fun. I completely forgot about my puppies. They were trying to get in the way, so I scooped them up, ran them upstairs to the guest room, And when I got back to the couch, she was rubbing her clit and smiling at me. I laid down between her legs, helped with my thumbs, and stretched my jaw out before eating it. I wanted her to come before getting on top, but I was hoping to stay hard enough to show her a good time. I was about 10 years older than her, but she was very athletic and in way better shape. I don't know why I often jinx myself by hoping I can stay hard enough for a certain sex position, and once I get there, I can't keep it up. I forgot to chew the Nizagara earlier in the day and didn't give it the 30 minutes or so to kick in and was paranoid about that. I tried to compensate by reverting back to what works, and it drives me nuts when I psych myself out. This, and the great ingrown hairs on my neck that I can't see, and pimples I can't reach on my back are the worst parts about this single life. While I was eating her out, I noticed she was holding her boobs and squeezing her nipples. I'm about six or eight inches taller than her, so my perspective was top down until I got her pants off and she laid on my couch. Now I was looking bottoms up, and I normally keep my eyes closed once I get a good look at her lips, scanning for any obvious warning signs. When the lights are off, it wouldn't matter, but it was still daytime in my living room. This time, I kept my eyes open slightly longer than usual because between her legs was pristine, soft, smooth, and inviting. I went face first. After licking for a few minutes and feeling her quivering and squeezing my face with her thighs, I reached up to grab her nipples and tried to make eye contact. We only made eye contact for a brief moment before I happened to glance to my right at her left boob and noticed she had a large red, purple, and blue hickey. It was kind of hidden where the boob laid down naturally, but then very obvious when lifted up from my perspective. It totally looked like someone had been sucking on her boobs and left a passion mark that she either didn't know about, forgot, or didn't care. My mind raced, 
and figured that couldn't have happened at work because they kicked the guy out unless he paid a bunch of money for it. Or maybe she has another boyfriend. I ruled out her doing it to herself because it was under her boob and not on top of it. I kept wondering how recently someone must have been sucking on her based on the color and lost my erection. She had already come, or fake came, a few times and was begging me to get inside of her, but I went back to buying time, trying to forget what I'd seen. I started stroking my cock to get it hard again, and she pulled me up on the couch and started sucking me off. It worked, thanks to the Nizagara kicking in, and I was able to put on a condom and started as enthusiastic of a rhythm as I could, only to go limp again, and she said, Come on, why don't you just fuck me? That was the final turnoff. I couldn't recover from it. I laid next to her on the couch, apologized for not staying hard, and asked if she wanted to smoke or drink. She was being cool about it and accepted both. She got up to go to the restroom, and my little dogs followed her inside. She took the cutest selfie holding Nucky, a black and white gem I keep in my favorites, but that was the last time I ever saw her. All right, uh... Yeah, that was, uh, yeah, it was all she wrote. Uh, I, I was, uh, I was definitely, if I close my eyes and I think long enough, I can still see like the, the hickey. I can still see where she was holding her boob and I was grabbing onto her nipples and then, and then it just didn't look right. And I wear glasses normally, which I had, I didn't write that and I probably should have in, in trying to describe the scene better. But when I take my glasses off, I can't see anything. So when I noticed it without my glasses from looking up, it was uh, significant. So we got more music coming from down. That, that was why the, the, the sound was so shaky in the previous one. I just left it in there, like for the spirit of it. But uh, it's now a little after seven on Friday night and uh, the sun's going down and I'm going to try to wrap this up. But I, I, I wound up uh, publishing and first um, I'm going to do quarterly poems. Uh, I like writing poems. So, and they're simple poems they're simple rhyming. It doesn't really, but I called it the, uh, quarterly current events explained with irreverent poems uh, for the third quarter 2023 and I'm going to play uh, one of the auditions and the young man that I picked uh, his name is Nick Furker F-U-R-K-A and this young man I thought he did a great job on the audition. We just got the 15 minute mark on the uh, audio book. It's not a long audio book. It's meant to be funny, maybe cry, maybe, uh, you know, send to a friend. I talk about uh, suicide. I talk about politics. I talk about sports betting. So I try to cover as much as I could possibly cover. Uh, and then I'll do it. I'll, I'll do uh, another one in the fourth quarter and so on. But, um, yeah, I think the guy was pretty funny. I enjoy listening to him. He's got cool accents. And uh, I'm going to throw in the end of this in a second now what his audition was. So I appreciate y'all listening. And uh, y'all have a great weekend. And maybe uh, I know I've been doing a bullshitting job of of scheduling these. I'm just doing them on random days. Uh I think eventually I'm going to get into 
the same, you know, maybe every Thursday night, or maybe it's every Friday night. I don't know yet, but uh, thanks for hanging in there. And uh, I, I, please, you know, I, I appreciate the business. I appreciate listening. Uh, I'm going to keep trying. So you guys have a great weekend. Peace. Oh, how I delight reading a poem here and there. You want acting? Well, I'll give you some dramatics. This poem is titled The Coughing Dog, or just Coughing Dog. My dog won't stop coughing. Took him to the vet. 330 bucks. Hasn't stopped coughing yet. I knew it wouldn't be cheap. Bummed about the price. What if it doesn't work? Everyone was so nice. Best commercial tenants always pay the rent. Can't stop making money. Puts customers in a tent. Went broke trying to save. A dog loves so much. Then the bills got too high. Stacked up to the hutch. She offered to do OnlyFans, but it wasn't enough. The cough kept worsening. He tried to be tough. Another x-ray. More pills. Back on Saturday for tests. No wonder under the bridge. Please don't call them pests. They couldn't keep up. Couldn't afford this life. Messing up all the time. Just ask his wife. You can't ask her easy. Wouldn't need to visit jail. She picked up the wrong guy to lift up her veil. Now he made another spectacular poor choice. Needs to move his stuff out. Eyes are getting moist. Got nowhere to go, and his dog won't hear. All his money is gone, nothing left for a meal. How different can he be from all of his peers? No one is so desperate, they still drink cold beers. Wow. I do hope this is not your life. If it is, I hope your book sells one billion copies. Cheers. <laughs>